Salut, ladies and gentlemen. I am Bobby Drake, music producer of BobbyDrakeInkBeats.com, and you are listening to It's Called the Music Business, where I am essentially in under 10 minutes uh, inviting you in on the journey with me about becoming more educated and savvy, per se, um, in this music business. I am a music producer and have spent most of my time uh, pushing music uh, uphill. And a lot of that has been because of just not understanding a lot of the fundamentals that come along with the music business, the actual business, not just being creative, but the business itself. Um, And so right now we're reading uh, the book, This Business of Songwriting, Revised Second Edition by Jason Bloom. Um, And I am reading it as it's written, but it was written in 2013. And so there are a couple of things that are dated. So if you hear something that sounds like it makes sense, uh, but it's a website or it's a percentage or a number or dollar amount or something like that, you're going to want to recheck that. Make sure you do. And what I read from to get started is kind of my inspiration, my morning inspiration from uh, George Lewis. Damn good advice for people with talent. And so we're going to start there. A trend is always a trap. Because advertising and marketing is an art, the solution to each new problem or challenge should begin with a blank canvas and an open mind, not with the nervous borrowings of other people's mediocrities. That's precisely what trends are. A search for something safe and why a reliance on them leads to oblivion. At the start of each new year, as the press scans the horizon for newsworthy departures from the past, I'm usually asked by reporters from America's News Weeklies, what do you think the trends in advertising will be in the coming year? My answer is always identical to what I said the previous year. Beats the shit out of me. I'll know when I do it. Trends can, I'm sorry, trends can tyrannize, trends are traps, tyrannize, tyrannize, it's tyrannize, (laughs) trends can tyrannize, trends are traps, in any creative industry, the fact that others are moving in a certain direction is always proof positive, at least to me, that a new direction is the only direction, say it George, alright, so, Continuing on with our independent song plugger series, how independent song pluggers are compensated. Music publishers earn money only when the songs they represent generate income. As explained in chapter one, their composition is, or the composition, geez, I'm a little, 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 little today. <laughs> Start over. As explained in chapter one, their compensation is typically 50% of a song's revenue, referred to as the publisher's share of the income. Publishers represent songs because they believe they will be able to get some of them recorded and will share in the considerable income that may result. In contrast, in contrast, song pluggers are typically paid a monthly retainer, a specified fee paid by a songwriter in exchange for the song plugger's efforts in pitching his or her songs. Song pluggers get paid regardless of whether they ever get a song recorded. Monthly retainer fees typically range from $200 to $1,000 per month. In many instances, this covers a specified number of songs, which could be anywhere from 5 to 10, 20 or more. In other cases, the plugger may represent a songwriter's entire catalog. The use of song pluggers is more prevalent in Nashville than in New York or L.A., 
and the fees paid in Nashville tend to be on the lower to mid portion of the range. Some pluggers charge a fee for each song they represent for a specified period of time. For instance, they may charge two to $500 per song for a one-year period. In addition to fees paid as a monthly retainer, most song plug pluggers earn either a percentage of any income generated as a result of their efforts or a bonus payment. Percentages most often range from 15 to 25% of any income the writer receives. In the event that a writer is acting as his or her own publisher, it's crucial to specify whether this percentage is limited to the writer's portion or includes the publisher's share, which effectively doubles the payment due. In rare instances, in lieu of a percentage of the writer's income or a bonus payment, a song plugger representing an unpublished writer may request a share of ownership of the copyright of any song for which he or she generates income. Some song pluggers, generally those who believe strongly that they will be able to generate income, may be willing to forego a monthly payment providing their services essentially on a commission basis. They earn money only if they generate income for the songwriters they represent. The bonuses or percentages received in the event of their efforts generate income generate income tends to be higher than those paid to pluggers who are paid monthly retainers. In these cases, songwriters have nothing to lose, as they pay nothing unless a recording is secured. So, despite my flubs, I think the biggest takeaway from here um, is that positioning-wise, um, if I were to pay us, let's just take me, for instance, if I were to pay a song plugger to push the 10 tracks that I've gotten back from all of the clients who have made songs with these wonderful songs that I'm giving away, um, I would look personally, uh, probably to someone who works on a commission base. And the reason for that, um, and this is, again, me, consult your own attorney for your own business. But the, for me, um, people who work on commission and are okay with working on commission um, work very hard. I've been in sales. So I understand that in order to live in sales, you need to be very, very, very thorough and extremely detailed in order to be successful in sales, to do it right and to, and to really, really please your clients and make a living. Um, those two things go hand in hand when you're in sales and you're good. So I would, I would go that route, but that is the end of this segment. And this book actually teases just to tease you guys, the independent song plugger agreement. It literally goes into a contract dated uh, January 1st, 2013 with everything from bonus schedules, uh, initial recording bonus, mechanical bonus breakdown, performance bonus breakdowns, um, Total performance paid of single peaks between 5 and 10, 11 to 20, 21 to 30, 31 to 40, or 4 to 1. Like, it's pretty thorough in terms of these things. And I do believe that most of these numbers, if not if not this, have probably, it's my assumption, they've probably kind of dipped a little. Um, because even though the business is doing really, really well in terms of the transition to everybody getting that we're on the streaming now. Um, I don't know how that, how that tears out for people getting paid on the back end, Right. So again, consultant attorney. 
Um, with that much said, I'll see you guys tonight at 7 p.m. Join in Facebook Live, Bobby Drake Inc. Beats. And the reason you're doing that is because I'm breaking down uh, how to never, ever, ever, ever have to worry about writer's block again. Which is the most important thing when you need to write a song a week and pitch a song a week. So, 7 p.m., Facebook Live, Bobby Drake Inc. Beats. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day.